Hey everybody, my name is David Michael. And I'm Michael Carter. And we are Ridiculously Ridiculously Bored. All right, welcome back, Michael. Episode number 23. How are you doing this week? I am well. I am well. I am going to jump right into a comment you made last week, which was... When you said it, I picked up on it. I didn't say anything at the time, but... Which is rare for you because you don't have a filter. Yeah. One of my cousin's nostrils also says the same thing. And I was was like, oh my God, once he heard it also. So the comment you said was, when watching, I guess, the horror movies in the background, you've been able to train your ears to listen to it. So... Mm -hmm. The, the reason why we give him such a hard time is you don't actually... he said the same thing. We talked about this like 10 episodes ago, I think. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't, you don't train your ears. You train yeah. yourself to learn. Your ears are just a function of how it gets into your head. So Potato, he, potato. He was, he was pointing out, he's like, oh my God, I can't believe you didn't go at him for that. I'm like, no, I'm going to talk about it next week. And then also <laughs> he brought up, now when we hang out, he asks at random point during the night, he's like, has anything happened that's worth the pot? Has anything happened that's worth being on the ball? <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. You know, I, this is funny because, um, like, not just podcasting in general, but, like, you know, like, famous YouTubers and stuff like that. They have people that, like, hang out with them and just do stupid shit just because they want to end up on, like, the episode of whatever it is that they're doing. I'm thinking, like, David Dobrik and, and some of the other, like, you know, Mr. Beast and some of the other, like, YouTubers out there that have a pretty big following. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it always reminds me of, there's that old Daffy Duck and Donald, no, sorry, Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny skit where Bugs Bunny does nothing and everybody loves him. And Daffy Duck keeps going, raising the stakes and nobody seems to care. And then Mm -hmm. eventually he gets to a point where he has to blow himself up for people to finally care. And Bugs Bunny's like, oh, that's amazing. He's like, you got to do that all the time now. And he's like, this was the only thing I could do once. And it's a fucking kid's cartoon. And he's going yeah. up to heaven at the end of the cartoon because he just <laughs> killed himself. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know what? I mean, this just begs the, the, the question, like, how fucked up were some of those cartoons when we were kids? We never thought anything of it. But, you know, like the whole Pepe the Pew thing, right? I mean, that's just actually, you know, essentially modern-day sexual assault. But, you know, we were just like, oh, that's pretty funny. Like, he just keeps trying to get with the same cat. <laughs> yeah, but there's those. Those are the kind of the extremes, or we'll call the extremes. But even the other things, like Tom and Jerry beat the shit out of each other every episode. And surprisingly, mm-hmm. me and my siblings didn't do that. But I watch it now. We watched one recently with my kids. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, what are they doing? Like... What about if one of the kids takes this up and all of a sudden is slamming the other one with a pan in the kitchen? Like, that's the kind of shit that happened. I think we're more sensitive to it now. Whereas, you know, back then it wasn't a big deal. It was like, ha ha funny. Because, you know, comedians all the time would like hurt themselves, right. you know, pratfalls and stuff like that. The The self-deprecating humor, because that's what made people laugh. So that was a pretty common thing. Now there's just that fine line where if you just get a little bit too close to that line or go over the edge, like the world's going to come down on you. Yeah. So um, speaking of that edge, I am going to dump into the deep end of on that edge. So, okay. um, I don't know what to call this. It's not intended to be a, um, a new segment, but I have one or two things to talk about it. And I guess for lack of another term, it's, Fun with people with Alzheimer's. 
<laughs> I don't know any other way to say it. So That's fucked up. I already know where this is going. Yeah. We're going to get canceled. <laughs> so my mom's place has three floors. The first floor is kind of onset. Second floor is a little bit worse. You might need a little bit of help. And the third floor, which is my mom's lives on, is you have it pretty bad. You're pretty far along. You need a lot of help. So I go in the other day, and they, as I walk in, so two parts of this story. So first of all, the, the part that I know I'm going to get shit for is there's about 24 to 30 people on the floor who live there. Um, 24-ish or so are women. And the rest are men. So, and most of them are actually single women and men. Um, uh, through the discussions with the nurses, this has come up. So, if these guys can remember how to fuck, <laughs> they, <laughs> they have a pool of women with no rapey. I'm not suggesting you rape. Let's they both agree to it. So, I don't want to hear anything on that. He has a pool oh, of women man. that he could be hooking up with. Unfortunately, probably won't remember it. But he, he uh, so to him, there's a pool of unlimited women. So. That was one thing that jumped out at me, and I know I'm a bad person for that. The other thing that happened the other day was I walk in, some lady walks up to me, and there's no other way to say this then, rolls up to me as if she was going to rob me. That's what it kind of felt like. She rolls up to me, she gets right next to my face, right here, if you're watching on the video, right here. She whispers in my ear, see that lady over there? She's a lying piece of shit. She's like, you gotta help me get out of here. (laughs) And I'm like, what? (laughs) <laughs> this was in the, the yeah, it's one of the it's one of the patients residents whatever you want to call it so it's one of the the people with alzheimer's right here have you ever Again. seen the movie shutter island this this like <laughs> <No>. <laughs> reminds me a lot of that movie <laughs> no so she she basically says look that per, and, but person right there, and she's talking about another resident she's not even talking about one of the nurses so i'm like so she says it i guess loud enough you know the old irish whispers it's called where the yeah. other couple people who are right around me hear it and i'm like yeah no i i can't help you get out of here i'm like you know what you can do though is you can talk to, and I start pointing to the nurse and to the other ladies in front of me. So they must have planned to escape from um, Alcatraz where there's going to be a couple of them. The other lady in front of me is like, no, no, start shaking her head, like looking at me, catching me in the eyes. Like when you want to talk to somebody and you do the eyes to like kind of point over to them, she was like, no, no, don't, don't talk. So they, what don't you're telling me is they've organized it within this, this floor of the nursing home. <laughs> it seems. So if anybody lives in the area that I live in, you see five or six elderly women walking around not remembering to get home. They finally got to convince somebody to help them escape that place. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You said that they have three floors. Um, like early onset, I guess, progressively worse and then like really bad. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even know where to classify my dad. Because oh, some can- days he's completely lucid and other days it's just like gone. Comparing the stories you've told me, comparing him to my mom... I think he's somewhere in between two and three. So I don't think yeah. it's early onset anymore. I think it's... No, 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 no. It's, you've identified it recently, but it's not early onset. I think yeah. it's it's further than that. And partly because you lived out West, you weren't around it all the time. Because, right. And, you know, when you came and you saw him, you picked up on it more. When my mom would go to Florida each winter and come back, like each time it was a noticeable change. Because now that's six months that you haven't been around it. So I think your dad's somewhere between two and three. And the fact mm-hmm. of... You know, he's walked out of an apartment that you and him were in, or hotel room that you and him were in. He, you know, doesn't know where he is. There's times when he remembers everything perfectly. Like, I think it's between two and three. Um, and, you know, they don't know how fast it goes from two to, to stage three. But um, my mom was, I'd say, in stage two for three or four years. 
and then over a six month period, very quickly moved from stage two to stage three. So, yeah, he it's he has some funny moments though. I mean he he asks me probably two or three times a week now. He asks me, "Am I free to go?" Like I'm not like there's nothing keeping me here, right? And I'm like, Dad, it's, as far as I know, it's still a free country. Like if you want to go somewhere, let me know. I'll I'll get you on a plane. And then you take what the shackles that? off his hand and let him walk out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's got nowhere to go, and you know he's asking like you know his brothers and stuff like that to help him out. But they're I mean they're they're older than he is. He's like one of the, he's the youngest boy in the family of you know 19 siblings or 19 kids. And, uh, you know, they're, they can't, they can't take on that responsibility. I can hardly take on that responsibility. So, you know, of course, when he asks like, Hey, you know, can you, can you find me a place in New York? They're like, yeah, yeah. You know, we'll keep looking. But I mean, there's nothing that they can do for him. Yeah. And I've, I've met a few of his brothers and the only thing they responsibility they wanted to take on from him was his shit that they didn't think he needed anymore when he was moving out West. They were like, I'll take this, uh, (laughs) generator and i'll take this air pump and air that's the only yeah. thing they cared about taking care of we did we did give away quite a few <laughs> of his tools when when we were out there it was pretty funny yeah yeah all right moving on all right so are you wearing your ranger hat this week for any particular reason oh yeah <laughs> oh i've been waiting all week to talk about this oh so i i guess we have to set the stage a little bit so the the capitals washington capitals and the new york rangers played a game last week and what ended up happening is there was a shot on goal, and uh, I can't remember which player, and I can't pronounce most of their last names anyways. Um, uh, you know, he kind of went down, face down on the ice right in front of the goalie. And one of the Washington, this was a Ranger that was face down, one of the Washington Capitals, his name is Tom Wilson. I do remember his name. because It's a pretty easy fucking name. <laughs> yeah. Embarrassing if you can't say that one. Yeah, I know. So anyway, so while the guy was face down, he kind of pushed him down and he punched him in the face, you know, while he was you know, from basically from behind. It was a mug. That ended up, yeah, I mean, that ended up in a, in a pretty major brawl. Like people were just going at it, obviously to protect their player. So the game ended, nobody thought really much of it other than this dude's going to get suspended. It's like his fourth or fifth time, like in the last couple of years that he's gotten suspended for violence. They're like, he's going to get suspended. The, uh, the NHL's player safety board decided not to suspend him, and they fined him $5,000, which to these guys is like, you know, five minutes worth of work. Not right? even Literally, that. What change do you have in your pocket? I mean, that's I, really what it's, it is. It's, he made more than that in the, you know, five-minute scrum that ensued. Then, <laughs> so he's like, okay, yeah, fine, no, no big deal, whatever. So, of course, this is, this is huge, right? Because the Rangers were eliminated from the playoffs in that game. And uh, it was either that night or the night before, I can't remember. But the Rangers are like, well, screw this. This is bullshit. And, you know, the Rangers management came out and said that, um, no, you know, Rangers the, the guy ownership, Rangers yeah, ownership. ownership, ownership came, came out and, and wrote a message and said that, you know, the guy that's responsible for player safety needs to be ousted. He needs to be removed because um, he's not doing his job. And that night, he also, in the same breath, fired the GM and the president, right? It was a GM, GM it was the GM and president because they both said, we didn't know anything about this memo that was coming out and we don't support what he's saying. Yeah. Well, I think they did know the memo was coming out, but they said, I don't, we shouldn't do this. Probably. And the owner, Dolan, James Dolan was like, all right, you're either with me or you're against me. Now this is, this is my, this is what I think what happened. And they were like, all right, well, we don't agree with this. So he said, all right, well then you guys can, you guys can pound sand and move on. So he yeah. fired him. So, for anybody who doesn't know who James Dolan's is, you should Google him he, after the episode. Listen to this whole thing. Don't be stupid. Um, he is a fucking loon. 
he throws people yeah. out of the stadium just to yell the the because he owns the Knicks as well. Just people who say the Knicks or the Rangers should change ownership. You get a lifetime ban from the stadium. Um, former players that have been there who've rubbed in the wrong way, lifetime ban from the stadium. So this guy is known for being just a loose cannon. Yeah, he's he's a he's a baby with money, is what he is. Yeah, and this is. The the fine for him was like something like half a million dollars, two hundred fifty thousand, something like that. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars was the fine. Yeah, for them, and they for always fine um, owners worse. Like Mark Cuban's probably paid millions and millions of dollars in fines yeah, for his happily. Dallas Mavericks because he has a, a little <laughs> bit of a loose cannon mouth as well. So yeah, so um, that was leading up to then the the boxing match on ice, as I call it. So did you? Yeah. Call it? So I mean, we're all like, all right, what's going to happen? Like the Rangers have to respond. Right. There's the, you can't just let it go. So the Capitals are playing the Rangers again because this season they did something really weird where there's like, you know, they're playing series. They're playing two or three games in a row against the same team just to make things easier because of COVID. Because they realigned all the divisions um, because of COVID so that there wasn't Canada as much only travel. league. Yeah. So, um, so the Rangers had to play the Capitals again. Was it Friday night? Thursday night? I, I can't remember Thursday what night, night it was. Yeah. So we're all excited about this game. And thankfully, and this is so rare, thankfully it was on NBC Sports Network. So I actually got to watch it live, which never happens in Arizona. I never get to see the Rangers play. So it was live. So <laughs> I actually missed the first like five minutes of the game. Oh, this is not the kind of game you, you get to see late and for. I, and I forgot about it because I was working and the game was on at like four, I think, four or five o'clock my time. And I'm, I was working and I'm like, oh shit, I got to go watch it. So thankfully I got to watch the replay, but literally as soon as they dropped the puck, like every player on both offense and defense dropped their gloves and just went at it. With the exception of like two Rangers that were a little bit too uh, too scared to take on one of the larger capital players. But I think they all knew it was happening because the Rangers line that was out there was like their sixth line. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like their starting line. Like, I'm sorry, but if you're the Washington Capitals and you take the ice and you go, oh, have you haven't seen you guys in a while. Like, you know, like, all right, this is this is the B team. We're fighting like there's no way these are the starters. <laughs> yeah, they did a couple mistakes. The Capitals didn't keep the guy out of the game. So yeah. Wilson was still Tom playing. Wilson still came in. And then at some point during the game, supposedly he came up with an illness and they took him out. They were like, he's not coming back in like because they knew yeah. it was just going to keep going. The only thing better is the ones where you see not only all the players fighting, but then the two goalies fighting, which is pretty fucking rare. Because normally they have to skate across yeah. the entire fucking ice. <laughs> They're exhausted by the time they get to the fight. <laughs> normally what happens is the two goalies literally skate to the side, lean on the bench and just bullshit while the fight's going on. So... Yeah. Um, there was no goalie so fightings that I remember. Four players on each side got penalties for fighting, and those penalty boxes typically only hold like two to three players. So it literally looked like you know they're all like stuffed in there. They had, there's some really good photos of the penalty boxes, and that that wasn't the end of it. I mean, as soon as Wilson came in, um, one of the Rangers, Smith, just completely wrecked them, and you know they started fighting. And then like later in the game, there was some other fights. There was a cross check. There was a it was a nasty, nasty game, but it was one of those things where, like, I think I said this on Facebook. I'm like, I don't typically condone violence, but I'm okay with this. Like, well, this you needs knew it was to happen. Well, I That's mean, the NHL, sure. fucking, it's their fault. I mean, all they have to do is suspend him for that one game, all right? And I think the Rangers are like, fine, you know, we got we got what we wanted. But the reality is they didn't do that. They gave him... Granted, it was, I think the fine, the $5,000 fine was the maximum allowed under the, like the, the player bargaining agreement. 
but uh, I mean, what what did you expect was yeah. going to happen? And before any of you fact checkers throw out there, when David said they were eliminated from the playoffs, it was playoff contention. That's what they got eliminated from. But either yeah. way, yeah, they, they would have even if no they made longer. the playoffs. To be fair, they would have gotten eliminated pretty quickly. But um, so I was listening to a show the other day, and they mentioned that on their block, a pet store closed. So it just led me I didn't to know this. pet stores still existed. I guess they do. So this, it, well, you're not buying like a fucking lion there or anything. You know, birds. I'm guessing and cats and dogs, dogs or something like that. But I mean, most people hate them. They 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 like they'd rather go to like the Humane Society or something like that than actually yeah. buy from a mall store. That's where we got our cats. Adopt, don't shop. That's the same. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe Gatto would be proud. Um, so, I, random question for you: What do you think happens to the pets when a pet store closes? Uh, well, there are pet stores that don't have pets. Right, those are called supermarkets. No, no. Like we have, we have a pet. I, I, I guess, I, I guess it is a pet store. They sell like dog food, cat food, like treats and stuff like that. They so don't they don't have even have like pets. fish because, like, no, no. Petco and those couple, they don't have dogs and cats and. and so birds you're thinking like PetSmart or Petco or some of those big like box chain retailers. I mean, I gotta believe that they sell them to other stores that are still. Or, or maybe they give them away. I don't know. The, the Just cool open thing the about, door. <laughs> Go. <laughs> <laughs> the cool thing about the pandemic, and there's not very many cool things about this pandemic, but um, the humane societies um, were able to get rid of and save a ton of animals because people were home all the time. And they're like, okay, like that's that was the one reason why people weren't getting pets is because they were never going to be home to like take care of them and train them. Yep. And during the pandemic, like the humane societies were getting rid of dogs and cats like nobody's business because, you know, everybody wanted them, which is awesome. Yeah, it's the same thing out here. There, When we went for our cats, there's a shortage of, so let's say you walk in a room and normally they have 50 cats for you to look at. They have like mm-hmm. 10 because they're like, basically, we turn them over really quickly. And it's not like, oh, you can look at this cat today and if you like it, come back on Tuesday. They're like, the cat's going to be gone. Like, if you like yeah. the cat, you got to take it today. So, yeah, that is a good thing. And that's you know, that's one of the other things, because we got two cats during this, and we've never had pets before, at least my family as, as an adult, right? We've never had pets before. And I have been warned by people, don't get animals during a pandemic, because you don't know how you're going to feel after. But again, once you've trained them, and they know what they're doing, like, yeah, it's going forward, like it's no different. The family. I got to go yeah, to work, doesn't matter. Your parents didn't get pets for a different reason, because they would have fucking, you had them for dinner. We had pets, they were called dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was, you and I were texting before this and, um, you said something to me and I thought it was pretty funny because I'm such a wise ass with you. Um, and sometimes I, I am a wise ass with other people, but they don't know me as well. I mean, you and I have known each other for like 42 years. So, uh, so you texted and you said, Hey, I'll be ready at, you know, this time that we're recording. And my wise ass response was, so you'll be ready at the predetermined time that we agreed we were recording. You like what's like why did you need to tell me that? And then I read it back and I'm like, God, I sound like a like if he didn't know me, you'd be like, God, what an asshole. This guy's a fucking dick. So it's two things. One, yes, you are an asshole and a dick. That's totally irrelevant <laughs> to this. I thought it was funny. And I was like, Yeah, he's got a point. <laughs> like that's how I that's how I took it. I'm like, Yeah, but we like, said we were gonna record at a set time. Like, what do I need that, to check? That's the difference between knowing me for 42 years and not knowing me. Like, if I would have said that to, like, you know, somebody that I work with, they, they probably wouldn't have responded. And they would have, like, on Monday, they would have been like, man, you, you're an asshole. Were you okay this weekend? Like, what? Why were you such a dick? 
Oh, they people have said to me when we've been out, you and I, GQ, Hot Chocolate, any of the guys, mm. people are like, they actually feel like we hate each other, like based on some of the things we're saying. They're like, but you guys are just wow. laughing the whole time. It's because there's no malice behind it, right? When oh, you've no, known no. somebody that long, you can basically say what you want, what you think, and you should be able to do that, right? My cousin Baloney, he's been married quite a long time. He, he got married when my kid was born. He, um, for the longest time he was with his wife, he said he didn't fart in front of her. And I'm like, this, I don't, I, I get not farting in the office. Like you're, you're sitting around a work meeting and just ripping one off. I get not doing that. But these are people you should be the closest with. And that's how I view when like the, all of us sit down somewhere. It's just us going at each other, having fun. It's, it's, it's constantly a pissing contest of who can one up the next guy and mm-hmm. accidentally leaving yourself open. Um, I'll give you a funny example of that recently. I was making fun of my cousin Baloney in a group chat and I kept sending photos of him in different, um, different things. And it was, sorry, it wasn't him. It was just photos of different things. And the joke I made was, it's amazing when you can find, when you search the internet for this word, can't say the word, we'll get in trouble. (laughs) So (laughs) I said, when you look for this word and I just kept sending photos of different situations. And I was like, this is doing this, this, uh, fuck man. <laughs> I'll bleep it out. Just right. keep going. This is baloney doing this. This is baloney doing that. And I kept sending him and that was it. And I thought it was pretty funny. And then immediately my cousin nostril sends one back and saying, you're right. What you can find. And it was a picture of me. So I had left myself <laughs> wide open and I told him later, I'm like, I said, well, that one, that was really good. I'm like, I'm actually more embarrassed of myself for leaving myself that open and not seeing that that was going to come. So, yeah. yeah. We, uh, yeah, I, I could see how people would, would interact with us and be like, God, you guys are such dicks to each other. <laughs> but it, it's funny because there are times when you'll text me and I'll respond being a wise ass. And then I'll look at my response and I'll be like, oh man, that was a little, that, did I step too far? Like, is he going to think that I'm like, you know, going across the, across the line? And, and most of the time he just responded with a, a, a laugh emoji or something like that. But there are times where I'm like, oh, I took it, took it too far. took it too far. No, I pretty much have no line. Yeah. Smurf sent me a comment once, something about, uh, it was after episode five when we talked about me shaving my balls. Yes. Everybody, episode five, if you're interested in that story, it's a pretty interesting story. It did not go well. <laughs> and he sent a joke about, about it to me, and I responded back, well, your wife really enjoyed it. Oh. And then I said, waited a minute, and I sent another one, and I said, did your joke go the way you thought it was going to? And he went, no, it did not. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. All right, hit me up with that one crazy question. All right, one crazy question. What's your biggest fear... And I guess why? Why? Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. As as ever since I've had kids, uh, my biggest fear has always been like my kids, you know, kind of dying before I do. Um, I, I just yeah, I, I don't know why. That it's just um, one of those things where, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to bury a child. Right. Yeah, yeah and they why? say that's one of the hardest things. Well, I don't think that really needs a why. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, that's, I mean, talk about real fears. Like, that's that's a real fear, you know. Other things, you know, I've been in, in near plane crashes before, so, I mean, um, 
you know, or heavy crashing in a plane. Would call I, I don't, I don't, I fly. I don't care. You know, flying is not a big deal to me. But I'd be lying if I didn't think like while we were flying, like, eh, you know, that would, this this would suck if the plane went down. But it is what it is. Do you ever book flights with your kids and your wife separately because of the fact that if something happens, you're on different flights? Like I've always thought about mm. doing. That. I've never done it. No, I thought about it, but it's it's such a pain in the ass. Um. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's and not only that, like. God forbid one of my kids' planes went down. Like, I would want to be on that plane. I, I don't think I'd want to survive that. Yeah, I know it's a yeah, morbid well, thing to say, but no, I don't. I, I don't, I I don't want to survive. You know, uh, my wife or my kids dying. I understand. Um, the wife part, though. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wife's a dime a dozen. <laughs> so the for me, so the, that's definitely up there. Like stuff with my kids, and you know, yours are a little bit older, so. You've kind of gotten them through those a little bit more of those difficult years where they don't have the ability to kind of now they're at the age where they have the ability to fight back, run away. You have phones like those kind of things. So my kids are still a little younger. So there's still always that concern of that typical you know, when we were kids, the white van pulling up. I'm sorry, but that fear doesn't go away. I've got a college age daughter that lives by herself. Um, I mean, that I there I text her frequently just because I'll sometimes I'll be like, Hey, how are you doing? You okay? Like you need anything? Like, you know, that, that fear, even as they get older, I don't think ever goes away. Yeah. But one thing though, your daughter, and I'm sure she likes fashionable Gucci belts or coach belts, stuff like that. She also has a different color belt. I believe it's a black belt in something, doesn't she? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she does and she's smart. I think she's street smart enough. Um, but I mean, she weighs 110 pounds. It's not like, you know, I mean, a six foot five dude, you know, that weighs 300 pounds wouldn't wouldn't really have a, a hard time, you know, kind of out muscling her. Yeah. So there's there's that. I mean, that that thought as a parent, that thought never, ever goes away. There's always that, you know, in the back of your mind. So every parent who's listening, including myself, you have that to uh, look forward to. Yeah, um, if you think that, like, once they get older, you're like, ah, I did my job, they're done. No, no, you worry <laughs> about them till the day they die, or you die. Um, so for me, my, my actual biggest fear for myself, right, I, I have all those other fears for the kids and things like that, but for myself is above death is losing my voice. That is, and that's not even just because of this podcast. It's just because of the way I am in general. That's been a very big real fear since I was a kid. And they actually have something actually, that happened to trigger it. What were you going to ask? I was just going to say that if you were to ask me, like, one of, what are one of the most favorable things that could ever happen, <laughs> it would be losing your voice. <laughs> potato, potato, right? <laughs> when I was younger, my cousin, I think it was from a car accident. I don't know how it was related, but I think it was a car accident. One of my older cousins lost his voice for a few days after an accident. And so you've never lost your voice, like laryngitis or anything like that? No. Even when I've oh, had, I've like, lost my voice for a couple of days. No. It's, I mean, it, it's terrifying, but you know you're going to get it back, so it's just, it's just frustrating. Yeah. And you're a very verbal person. Like, you like to talk and you don't shut up. So, yeah, I can see how that would be a fear for you. <laughs> yes. And so much so that, like, things that play around not being able to speak, um, hot chocolate refuses to hang out the night of a wake with me. Because you've gone the whole day not being able to really say or do as much as you normally would. 
And I am like a fucking whirling dervish when the night is over because once we get out of there, it's like everything I had backed up for the eight or nine hours comes out. He refuses to hang out with me after weeks. He's like, I'm not doing it. I'll see you tomorrow. Um, So yeah, that's actually my biggest fear. And then, you know, the the kids and stuff is is a constant, right? Like you said. But for myself, that's my biggest fear. Yeah. Like I said, I know. I'll say it again, but man, that that never, ever goes away. I don't think. All right. All right, so, we're going to do a fact and a falsehood. A fact this time. and a falsehood. I'm going right. to give you two items again. You're going to ask a question or two. We'll go from there. First one I have sheared a sheep. Second one I am allergic to mandarin oranges. Go. Questions. God, I feel like I should know if you were allergic to an orange. Um, and why mandarin oranges? All right. Uh, Are we allowed so to say mandarin question? nowadays? Oriental oranges? What are they? Chinese oranges? Or can we say that? Um, I, I don't... All right. So, sheared a sheep. What tool did you use to shear a sheep? Um, similar to what you'd cut your hair with, but obviously a sheep version. Like one of those hair trimmers. Mm, that's interesting, because typically they don't... They have a special tool for shearing sheep. It's called a like a shear, like a shearing tool. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm a, sure it has a name, but I'm not a farmer. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it doesn't look like a pair of scissors, though. No, not scissors to cut your hair. Like an uh, electric razor when you're like, I'll take a number two on the side. Oh, like, that like, kind a, of thing. like an array. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I don't want you to guess this right away right away because I'm, no, I'm mentioning no, no. the wrong tool. I'm not a farmer. <laughs> Let's factor that in. <laughs> um, well, I'm looking for inconsistencies in your story. Gotcha. Uh, on the second one, um, when did you find out that you were allergic to mandarin oranges? So we were out one night and um, Chinese restaurants at the end of some meals, they give sometimes, obviously they give fortune cookies, which is an American thing, just so you know. They -hmm. give fortune cookies and sometimes they give pineapple pieces or orange pieces or uh, mandarin orange pieces. And and I had one there and then I had a reaction to it. What kind of reaction? Uh, Face swelled up a little bit and I had to go to a doctor to make sure that I could still breathe. Guess you don't go well, to what is it? A major shock reaction. What? Huh. I said that's a pretty major reaction. Like I'm, I'm one of my favorite fruits is bananas, and um, <laughs> when I if I eat a banana, my mouth actually starts to itch wow. for a good fifteen to twenty minutes. And after. what does he think? <laughs> <laughs> Different kind of banana. <laughs> but I do love me some bananas. Um, I, I I don't I don't know the answer to this one, so I'm gonna guess. I'm going to say... Wrong. Guess wrong. <laughs> um, God, I feel like I would know if you were allergic to an orange or not. An anaphylactic shock is, is quite, a, quite a pretty hefty reaction for, for a food allergy. Although, I mean, it happens all the time. I don't know. I'm going to say you did not shear a sheep. Eh, you are wrong. I did shear oh. a sheep. Mm, okay. When I was in Australia... Uh, one of my friend's father has a farm. We went to visit them. We went out, and he brought us around the farm. He also showed us the machine where they rip the sheep's balls off. Oh, what a machine that is! Um, and so, what does the machine feel like when you put your balls in it? <laughs> no, my wife had a move. She said, uh, "I felt fine." <laughs> um, <clears throat> we went into where they shear sheep, and we sheared a sheep poorly. That sheep was definitely going to have to go back through the uh So the do process. you save the, the wool and, and 
Like, what do they do with it? We shave the wool. So what he does is they do one of two things is they have the, if you get the whole thing off in one good piece and it's grade A, I guess, I don't, again, I'm not a farmer. You sell it one place and all the little pieces that you get, you sell somewhere else and they use them to make, you know, the processed Merino sweaters and shit like that. So they brought so a sheep the, uh, in. The quality of the cut is yeah. important then. So he brought so the, the sheep dude basically in. was giving up money to let you shear a sheep. Yes. He brought it in. They have that machine that I'm talking about. It literally looks like you cut your hair with, but it was obviously a bigger, sturdier one. It was on a uh, cord from the ceiling. You bring the sheep over, you kind of lock it down, and you shear it as you go. So we, we nicked the sheep up a little bit. I feel bad about that. But actually, I did it. My wife did it, and a couple other friends did it as well on this one sheep. Mm-hmm. He was like a, Interesting. a sacrificial sheep in this case. <laughs> um, now, I am not allergic to mandarin oranges. I am, though, allergic to radishes. And how I found that out, some of the story was based on that. How I found that out was my wife and I, on what turns out was our first Valentine's Day together, we went to a Japanese restaurant, I think it was. They had a dish that had some, they had a drink that had some radishes in it. It was like a fanciest drink. Had it. Next day, I woke up, looked like a Shih Tzu dog. My face was all swollen. Really? Had to go to a doctor. I ended up not needing a shot because he said I could still breathe, but I had to sit in the doctor's you know office for like eight hours until the swelling and shit went down. Interesting. So it's not oranges; it is radishes. Radishes, though, and you were wrong. And 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 in a drink as opposed to yeah. eating them in a salad. Like that's the fucking weird part about that. Well, I would have never have had it if it was in a salad, right? <laughs> <laughs> Odds of that are zero. Oh, that reminds me. So this week I signed up for a personal trainer. Um, a friend's used them. Her kids used them. All right. I'm going to say this is a falsehood. No, no. Oh, wait. We're not playing still? <laughs> no, no. Game over. <laughs> game over. But I'm going to count that as an incorrect guess, just so you know. <laughs> You're not two for two. Um, uh, so a uh, two and two. So I go, I sign up with this trainer. He is built like a brick shit house, first of all. And the reason why I signed up was twofold. One, I want to get healthier, right? So that's part of it. But I want my kid to get healthier. So I've signed both of us up. And so what we do is one of us is boxing in the back. One of us is doing all like the cardio and the work machine, the weight machines. And then the next week we switch. <clears throat> and I go one extra time during the week that my kid does it. So I go this week, first week um, on Tuesday. My kid does the so boxing. Can I, can I ask a question? Sure. Um, is this a, is this like a kickboxing class or is this just like a personal trainer that's just using boxing as a way to get you to do cardio? The back part is the boxing, just the boxing, the, uh, heavy bag, I think it's called, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you use for the boxing. And I don't know what else you do there, to be honest. I don't know if he was like kicking it and shit because I didn't do mm-hmm. that yet. The front, the guy just has typical gym. He has you know 12 machines and he brings you through each one, makes you do certain reps, brings you to another one makes you do crunches, makes you do the rope pull. Like, I feel like I'm trying out for the fucking Olympics, like all of those type things. So half an hour, I originally said to him, oh, yeah, what's your hourly rate? So he's like, well, this is my hourly rate. You are not going to be able to do an hour. He's like, <laughs> I'll tell you now. He's like, it's an intense. He's like, what we're going to yeah. do is you're going to start at 30 minutes because it's an intense 30 minutes. Yeah. He's like, down the road, you get to a point where maybe you want to start talking about an hour. We'll start talking about an hour. He's like, but mm-hmm. not for you. So I'm like, all right. So I do the half an hour. Maybe there's a big clock on the wall. 
maybe four minutes into it, I'm like counting down the minutes till it ends, right? Because <laughs> even though I've gained and lost weight my whole life, I've actually never really worked out a significant amount. Yeah, you did amount. it through dieting. And yeah, stuff it like was that. always through dieting and smart eating. It was never through working out. So we go through all of them. We finish. My son finishes. We leave. I go home. Immediately, I lie on the couch. Tell my wife, you got to get me a bucket just in case I end up throwing up. Because <laughs> it was such a fucking intense half an hour. Uh, yeah, I've I've thrown up in workouts before. I mean, it and and in my best shape of my life, I've thrown up in workouts. I mean, there's there's a point of no return. No matter how good of shape you are, you can always cross it. Yeah. So thankfully, I didn't throw up, but. I spent a good hour and a half straight on the couch that night before I was willing to do anything. Wow. Then Thursday night was my second night. Again, my son only goes once a week, but Thursday night was my second night. And maybe I got in seven minutes before I started watching the time. So, you know, there's a little bit of improvement. I'm sure down the road it'll get better and better. And at least that night I did come home and lie down, but I did not feel like, oh, my God, I'm going to throw up or my head spinning or yeah. anything. So It's like anything. The more you do it, the easier it gets. Yeah. Um, so are you, is there any point in time where you're going to actually spar with people versus hitting a bag? Uh, not that I know of. Cause I'd like to spar with you, but yeah, I, I'm down for that. We could actually record it as a live episode. <laughs> I, I, I would love the opportunity <laughs> to spar with you. Well, in July, you and I are going to be together by then I'll have had two months of training. Let's see how it goes. <sighs> yes, please. <laughs> I'll bite though. It's it's street rules. I'm telling you right oh, now. Oh yeah, no, you you won't get close enough to me to bite. No. All right. Challenge accepted. <laughs> All right. I think we have we have time for one. Uh, describe a movie badly. All right. You want to go first? I will go first. A few friends have breakfast, then wait around the garage for the other friend to show up and tell them what they're going to do that day. I'll give you a hint. Wait it's my all-time favorite movie. Oh, it's got to be Reservoir Dogs. Correct. Yeah. Because <laughs> the movie yeah. starts without out that with hint, them having breakfast. Yeah, without that hint, I wouldn't have got it, though. <laughs> I wrote um, that one myself, just so everybody yeah, knows. I wrote this one myself, too, because you and I were clearly reading from the same page last <laughs> <Yes>. time. <laughs> Local country boys show city boys a fucking good time. Um, no country for old men. No, that's a pretty good guess, though. Deliverance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good time might be used loosely there. <laughs> no, no, a fucking good time. Oh, no, yeah. oh, yeah, there we go. That was the key right there. <laughs> oh, I missed it. That was good. All right. Well, great. All right. So that brings us to I'm Michael Carter. And I'm David Michael. And we are Ridiculously, Ridiculously Bored. bored.